Welcome to another episode of the Thirsty Mom Podcast, powered by Thirst. My name is Lori Thompson, and I am your host. This morning, we have Mandy Shaw. Hello. I'm so excited Jazz to hands. be here. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> Glitter fingers. Welcome. It is so glad. I'm so glad to have you in the shop with us. Thank you. You are so cute. I'm so happy to be here, even though it feels like I had to drive like halfway across the country to get here, but it's fine. I know. Sorry. And then you just moved farther away from us, so. It's okay. How you long know, was like, the drive? Sometimes I have to venture into the city. It was about a little over an hour. Not too far. Were you listening to a podcast or an audiobook or anything? I actually was talking to one of my besties on the phone just on Perfect. the way down. It just makes the time pass faster. So, yeah, just catching nice. up with her. You know, nice. when, when you're in the car, that's the time that you can return. Phone For calls. sure. Hands-free, obviously. But. For sure. Let me ask you, what drink are you drinking from Thirst today? Oh, it is so good. It's the April O'Neil, but I had everything sugar-free, which is super nice because then you get like all the caffeine but sugar free and I heard it's your breakfast it is but I'm probably <laughs> going to eat a scotcheroo here after we're done because that's what I was all, like after you seeing you that was the second thing I was the most excited for <laughs> last time I was here and I had the scotcheroo I was like okay what? aren't they delicious they are and I make a good scotcheroo so I'm like a kind of like a connoisseur of scotcheroos but this one I feel like is better than mine so. nice nice I know I was just I can't even remember last weekend somewhere they had scotcheroos and my friend was like these are the best and I'm like okay I'll try it <laughs> nope Sorry, like, nope, sorry, sorry, friend. Did you thirst sort the best? Did you send her one? <laughs> no, no. I need I to though. Could. That's a good idea, and they come frozen, so I could probably yeah, do that. Yeah, you totally. That's a could. great idea. Yeah. Oh they my win. gosh, they have the best <sighs> scotcheries here. So that okay. will be my breakfast. I have so many questions to ask you. First of all, I want to tell you that I love following you. Oh, I love so you so during, much. So, so it was like right before COVID and all the stupid quarantine crap, I got on TikTok with my kids. I have eight sons and we would do funny little TikToks and dances and, yeah. and lip syncs and it was hilarious because yeah. I didn't want them to be on by themselves and so totally. I'm like, it'll be my account. You know, exactly. we did it. And so then I found you before COVID. Like I loved all, oh. it's not like to, if you don't follow her, it's not like a cute little dance she does. It's like a hardcore dance. You were like five, six, seven, eight. You were like hitting every beat. Okay, but in in my not defense, because I don't think I need to defend it, but I do own a dance studio. I have been teaching dance since I was thirteen, so it's like I have some training. I like kind of train some professional dancers. But you are amazing, (laughs) and you are so like it's not even just dancing. Like your face and your personality. Now I'm blushing. Like so happy and so outgoing, and I'm like follow like the first video Stop. I saw I'm like follow that was, you were so fun okay well but see like when we went into quarantine it's kind of like once a performer always a performer so it's like wait here's another stage and I honestly got on TikTok too to see what my kids were watching yeah. and like even my dancers at my studio I feel like it's like a whole different language yes. so I hopped on there to see what was going on and then I was like wait this is kind of fun you know my sister's like hey you just need to start growing over there because you know like TikTok is the new thing and I don't know it's kind of fun like I think people shy away from TikTok because they think it's just all bad and like everything but there's honestly as soon as you start um, following certain accounts and different things like the algorithm figures you out pretty yes. fast and there is so much opportunity over there and I've made so many like real life friends yes. through TikTok well obviously you I like know. we're friends so that you know me on TikTok so. so then tell me a little bit about owning a dance studio when did you you started dancing young did all of your siblings family dance young well so my mom opened my original studio when I was two years old oh my so gosh. I mean I started dancing so it's young. in your blood yeah totally I'm the oldest of six kids and I have three other sisters all of them had to dance just because my mom owned the studio so she was like <laughs> you have to sorry um, but all of them played sports 
as well. So I would say my sister Chelsea, I think you know Chelsea, mm-hmm. don't you? Yep. Okay. So Chelsea was actually the one that was good at everything. So she was awesome dancer plus like awesome athlete too. But the other sisters just dance kind of like recreationally. Okay. But I started choreographing, like making up my own dance moves and like so making awesome. my mom video me and stuff like at a really young age too. So I started teaching my own classes at age 13. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. So basically by the age of 16, I was running my mom's studio, but it was just kind of like a mom and pop studio. Right. You know what I mean? But um, she kind of sent me everywhere to train. And then around the age 22, I bought it from her. Oh my gosh. And then changed the name. And then since then, it's just You've kind had of developed it ever into since. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've actually, for a long time, I had two locations. So over COVID, I just decided to close the Brigham one, which was the original one, which this is kind of a bummer, but. I mean, it works just having... I have a really great space in Ogden. It's only about 25 minutes away. So we we were having a lot of kids were driving there anyway. So anyway. Okay. Yep, been doing that. But it's been super eventful. And we, like, train professional dancers that... Mostly, like, I would say we train commercial dancers. Okay. That dance for artists. That I've had a couple on So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. Um, in, on Disney Channel. Like, you know, you've met some of them. I have met some yeah, of them. Yeah, there are movies and stuff too. So it's really fulfilling. Oh and it's really gosh. fun. And Well, and then I see you traveling to California. California at some other event and then I see like like Lindsay and and Whitney and I can't even remember all of their names like all of them that are on on the Dancing with the Stars now and they've been on So You Think You Could Dance like you know like all of them yeah the dance world in Utah especially the dance world is super like talented so there's a lot of talent comes out of Utah and we're all super connected especially kind of if you are in that world so That's yeah, so cool. So, so you still own it. Yep. And, it's, and how many classes? Like, tell me more about it. I am down to only teaching like one day a week because I am old. I'm 43 <laughs> and have six kids of my own. But so um, I have like 20 instructors and oh like gosh. a bunch of people that run my office and everything too. But like I have an amazing faculty and they like I trust them with my life. So it's kind of been nice. A lot of them too are dancers that I train. So they've come through the program so okay. they kind of know how everything runs. Oh and my gosh. Yeah, so it's just awesome. We teach all styles. Okay. You know, we want our kids to be good enough at everything. So even like yes. ballroom, like they need to be good enough at ballroom or good enough at hip hop, good enough at ballet. We're not like technically specialists. We're more good enough at everything. So their pockets are full. That is awesome. I love that. That's how I feel like for my boys with sports, like do a little tennis yeah. and do a little of this and that and the other. Like yep. you need to be good at a little bit of totally. everything just to get the experience yep. and, and see I love where that. you're late. Like pick your lane after that. Yes. You know, so. yes. Okay, so you're, I mean, I still can't believe you own a dance studio. That's just amazing. So I was just telling my <laughs> husband. online clothing this. store. It's fine. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm awesome. just all the spare time in the so world. So just fine. last week I was like talking to my husband, Scott, and I'm like, I wish I could find a class. So this Solstice Studios right over here, okay. they have all different like bar and hip hop and oh, dance so class. Fun. Like it's I've totally fun. Like it. a workout. It's totally fun. Cool. But I'm like, I need to find a class where they teach you like, just like a mom class where they teach you like all the TikTok dances. Because there's a lot of times I'm like oh that's a cute one and then I'm like how do you and then I have to watch it like 900 times but it's flipped and so I'm like trying to and I'm like I need to but I don't want to go with all the little high school kids that are like rocking it like I want it to be like a workout but like a fun environment for like moms to like do these cute dances and then of course I'm going to post it and other moms don't have to but I'm like I love that stuff I've actually do you know of anything no but I've had so many people ask me to do that or like tutorials tutorials and we could even do like a zoom you know what I mean where we're learning it together and then you go just crush it and make it look like you just are good at dance (laughs) it would be so much fun yeah okay in my spare time (laughs) I will do that I know right in all your spare time time. yeah (laughs) okay so you just recently moved yes 
Oh, I'm still moving. I don't think that that ever ends. Oh my gosh, seriously. I, yeah, the last month and a half has been like super busy, crazy, exhausting. And I go out to my garage, you know, to bring like more boxes in. And then when I go out, I swear that they've like multiplied. (laughs) Like they had box babies. October and November are like the busiest months for me at least of the whole year. And I'm like, oh, and then you're adding a big move on top of that. Yeah, the big (sighs) move. The big move that wasn't even planned, but just kind of like fell into our lap. And I'm telling you, like, it's the best decision we've ever made for our family. It's just like one of those things that just works out. And you're like, how did this even happen? But we're living up on a mountain and it's beautiful and our kids are thriving. I mean, they were thriving before, but like this, this just really feels like home. So, oh my gosh. So tell me about your kids and your husband. What are their ages and names? I have a lot of them. Do you have like an hour? Okay. (laughs) So my husband is Ryan and he and I, I mean, we were hanging out when I was 15 and he was 19. And then he went on his mission when I was um, 15. But, you know, we were just friends. So, but we actually, we dated for a couple years after he got home from his mission. And then we've now been married for 23 years. Oh, my gosh. So, he's the MVP. He's kind of like the yin to my yang or the peanut butter to my jelly. Because I love it. while my head is up in the clouds, his feet are firmly planted <laughs> in the ground. So, he keeps me, he keeps me logical and I keep him fun. Oh my I gosh, mean, is I that love fair? That. It's totally He's like super it's, it's athlete. For like, sure, Scott and I yeah. to a T. Like yeah. he is more, yes, logical. And, and I'm like, let's do this I activity. Mean, ah! I'm yeah. like, yes. See, I mean, he has a degree in finance and runs business banking for a huge bank, and um, I think that money grows on trees. So it's like But that's Wait a, a minute, it doesn't? My kids no, think it does. My kids think it does. Oh my gosh. So, Twenty three years. That's amazing. Years. Congratulations. Yep. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know it's work. You know, any marriage that makes it 23 years, it's definitely work and it's had it's had its up and downs for sure. But I can honestly say like right now we're at in our marriage, like we've never been stronger and never been happier and have really had to like do some work to get to this place. So so Ryan, he's great. He also owns his own business and stuff, too. So we're just a busy couple. But then he's the one that keeps my studio doors open, too, because he you know, I would give it away. I would give dance to everyone. I'd be like free dance for all because I love everyone. But he's the one who keeps the doors open and does all of like the not fun stuff. Yeah. But it might be fun to him, I guess, since he does it. <laughs> anyway, so Ryan. Yep, he's my BFF. And then um, our oldest son is Dawson, and he is 21. He's your man child. He's our man child. We <laughs> refer to him as the man child because he actually is. It's weird when your kids become bigger than you. I, well, and and when they are like can live on their own and then yeah. they don't need you, you're like, wait a minute, what is happening? I know. It's, it's so bizarre. I know. So the best part about that when you said they can live on their own is he could technically live on his own, but the new home that we bought has a two-bedroom apartment oh. above the garage that he is now renting from us. Oh I mean, for a gosh. good price, but we're still making him pay but for it. But still, I love that idea. Yeah, so and then he's close to home. Need, yeah, but he can help when he needs to, which isn't often. But yeah, he <laughs> um, is selling cars right now and killing it, so. Well, good for he, him. Yep, he's doing And you said great. he's 22? 21. 21. He'll okay. be 22, like, in March, so. Okay. But he's awesome. He occasionally shows up if I bribe him or like if I catch him in a really good moment, he'll be in like a reel or a TikTok. Nice. And then everyone asks if um, I will be their mother-in-law because he's pretty cute. He's pretty cute. <laughs> he is very handsome. Yeah. Yes. He's got a girlfriend though. But yeah, love her. Love him. He's so. awesome. So Dawson and then our second son, Dylan, actually would be 20, but passed away <sighs> 10 20. years ago from a brainstem tumor when he was nine. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So he would be 20. They were 17 months apart. The first two. So, yeah, so that was not fun. Um, He actually was diagnosed when our baby number six was a week old and then passed away when our baby number six was four months old. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it was pretty quick. Um, So, I don't know, a decade's a long time to be without a a child. But, 
Yeah, Ugh. so Dylan would be 20. Um, and then we have... And I want to come back to Dylan, yeah, but totally. tell me about the no, rest no, of your good. kids real quick. Um, so then we have Avery, our cute Avery. She is 16, just barely 16, which it's nice to have another driver. Oh, for sure. I was so stressed out, though, because I'm not going to lie. And she knows, and she's probably going to still be mad at me, but she was the worst driver. <laughs> like, getting her, when she got her, what is that, learner's permit? Yeah. She's a horrible driver. Like, she was really great at just driving and paying attention to what she was doing, but she thought she was the only one on the road. So I'm like, oh, oh pray gosh. for you. So almost killed me like three <laughs> times before, but every family it, has so, one. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> but she's actually turned into a great little driver. So she just her. turned 16, got a, we call her the grandma of the family, honestly. Like, um, old what, soul? Yeah, well, she is. She loves to knit. She loves oh. cats. She wants to have a cat cafe. Oh my gosh. Um, I she's love just, it. she's really cool. She's like, loves to thrift shop and just, just has her own unique style and I mean but actually and I'll get I'll circle back to this too but she's gone through some things some hard things in her life that have kind of like made her this like cool old soul that she already was but has transformed into okay. you know what I mean like mm -hmm. without apologies she's herself and she's like one of the raddest chicks that I know so love Avery love is 16 next I have we because I didn't do it by myself. <laughs> I, my husband. We have a 14-year-old named Olivia, and she goes by Livy, and she is the resident dancer of the family. Um, she dances, like, semi-professionally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and does, like, dance remodeling and stuff, too. She's super fun. She's super sassy. Um, her username is Livy Spice because oh, she's love it. spicy. <laughs> um, yeah, but she's doing... Is she the only one of your kids that continued to dance? You, Avery was dancing until her foot injury, which okay. we will circle back to. But, yeah, so... Um, Avery, yeah, she danced her whole life up until two years ago. So, but okay. then Liv um, gets to travel around with different dance conventions, assisting. Oh and is she going to try out for Dancing with the Star? I mean, uh, so you think you could dance? Um, I don't, is that even, I don't think that's Is that even on anymore? anymore? I don't no, know, no, no. It used to be one of my favorites. So, but I mean, she does, I think, want to take the professional career nice. in dance. The thing that's been nice too, especially since COVID, I would say, about dancing and professional careers too, is like you can almost live local and then book jobs commercially like I just oh, had a couple sure. of my dancers just got booked for a movie like living here and then they just go live there for like a month or whatever so oh it's kind of nice like COVID has made it so you can live local you don't have to move out to LA as much anymore yeah. and then like your social media is kind of like your resume uh -huh. That's awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, I mean, you, you can you can even see too how people are getting opportunities just on their social media. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I anyway, mean, so that's Libby. She's crazy doing junior high cheer at the same time, juggling a lot. That's been a little bit harder for her because we left her at her old school, but then we've moved to the new place, and her younger brother started at the other junior high. So I think she's feeling a little disconnect right now, Ooh, but we'll figure it out. So, is it the same high school or no? It's a, no, the, we're going to be different, different high school, but like still close enough that you can like just hang out with friends, you okay. know. Anyway, I keep telling my kids, I'm like, you're not losing friends. You're just going to go gain more. Yes. And I don't know, in high school, did you ever have friends from other schools? And then oh, you for like, sure. hooked, it, hooked it up and then yes. like, you got to hang out with their friends yes. and, you know, just yes. a whole new group of people. Next, we have Dax. And I, I tell everyone, too, our youngest two boys are perfect. And I'm not just saying that because they're my kids, but they honestly are two of like the coolest but nicest, um, most helpful, respectful kids that I've ever met. Wow. And I don't know what it is. I think maybe because having a dance studio, my boys grew up around girls. So they've always been able to be friends with girls too. And oh, that's, didn't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're super respectful to girls and um, 
just have natural relationships with them and don't have to tease them if they like them. You know, like they just are cool and are friends. But so my Dax is 12. He started seventh grade this year. And so after that last quarter, we just switched him over to the new school and he's already got a ton of friends and he's thriving. Plays sports. He's awesome. Both my little boys have perms because we didn't get the natural curly (laughs) hair like you. But they're so cute. So Dax is like my little bestie. And then baby, Drew, he is 10. And he mm-hmm. is my number six. And I said bad words when I found out I was pregnant with him because <laughs> I was not going to have a sixth child. But Drew had another plan. And he is the golden child of the family. Like, everybody knows. Even the other day when he was sick, home from school, he just was laying on the couch. This was, like, last week. But he was laying there, and he's like, I'm just so grateful to have such loving parents. Aww. He's like, I'm going to pay you and dad back one day. And I'm like, okay. Aww. Okay, one thing that he did say, though, I have that to is sweet. Thing, whether or not this makes a cut. I have to tell you what he said, too. He was laying on the couch, and he's like, oh, this couch is just so comfy. And I'm like, Drew, do you love this new house? Isn't it just so cozy? And he goes, yeah. And you know what, Mom? This house it makes dad look a lot smaller. Oh my So I called my husband. I'm like, hey, I have good news. Drew thinks that the new house is slimming on you. My husband's 6'5". Good five. and bad news? My husband's 6'5". My husband's a big dude. He's like 6'5". He played football BYU back in the day, but yeah, he's 6'5". Oh and like about 300. So oh yeah, gosh. he would probably kill me for saying that. So don't put that on there. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that I love that Those they are can... my kids. And then I have 5 million other kids that... Um, have stayed like in touch with me over the years that were oh, my dancers. Oh, I bet. And then if you know them little and then they grow up, you're probably yep. getting a wedding announcements and college yep. graduation and, and like on and on. And kids are oh now dancing gosh. in the studio and stuff too. So anyway. Oh, I, what a fun legacy. Yeah. So this is this is who I am now. Now I just want to ask you about your kids. And oh I want to get you gosh. to I'm like, that's tell me about whole, you now. That's a whole other segment. You. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's go back to Avery's foot. Okay. What happened with that? Well, okay, so this is like, this is my hard mom moment that we're going to talk about, right? Okay, about two and a half years ago, right, it was like the night of a dance competition. Avery wanted to go hang out at a friend's house, and I actually, for some reason that night, I really wanted to go to dinner with us instead of going to this friend's house, and I said, please, just come to dinner with us. I really don't want you to go over. You know, just spend some time with us tonight after, and she insisted. Well, the next day, um, my husband had picked her up that night, and she had said that she had slipped getting off a tramp, and her foot hurt, but like just no more than a sprain, right? And so the next day, she even wore a pair of my heels to church, and was fine, and then we were at my mom's house later that day, and I turn around, she's sitting on the couch, and she's bawling hysterically, and I'm, I just asked her, I'm like, what's, Aves, what's wrong? Gosh. What's wrong? She's like, my foot, it hurts so bad, but it, then like that night it turned into like, you know when you have a baby? <laughs> And the pain that you feel when you're having a baby, that's about how intense her pain was. And it was so weird because literally she had just slipped getting off the tramp at this friend's house. So and was it more her ankle or was it her? We didn't know. No like, idea. Okay. Because it's not, she didn't fall off the tramp. She didn't have any external wounds or anything. Okay. She said it started raining. So they were running to get off. There wasn't a net on the tramp. She kind of slipped and hit the bar and then just landed funky off the tramp, if that makes sense, on a foot. So yeah. just kind of like on the top of it. So we didn't know. Long story short, we took her to um, Instacare and the Instacare doctor x-rayed it and said, she just has a sprain. She's being a dramatic teenager, basically. Give her ibuprofen. And my 21-year-old even had to carry her in because she was in that much pain. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe she's just dramatic, you know? And so anyways, we took her home, gave her that the next couple of nights. She cried like she was in labor again. Like, And I said to my husband at one point too, I'm like, do we just hit her over the head with a frying pan? Like to get her out of her misery? Because we just didn't know what to do. 
And um, then finally, probably about four days after that, she started fevering and um, then her foot was hot and swollen and red. And so our pediatrician suggested that we take her to primary children's. So we rushed her down to there. Long story short, she was then in the hospital then for five days on um, an antibiotic, antibiotic IV. And they were saying maybe cellulitis, maybe osteomyelitis, maybe just a bad sprain. Um, sent her home on medication, um, sent us to infectious disease. This is a really long story, I know. Okay, so but you can cut out what you want. But so, long story short, they her foot started um, developing an infection inside that it was excreting. And they cultured it a bunch of times and called us and told us it was just regular, boring stuff and that they still didn't know what um, was causing it and still had her on a concoction of antibiotics. Oh, my gosh. Fast How can they not I know what's wrong I know with her they foot? They should have biopsied. That's, that's kind of the bummer about it. But oh so I gosh. continued to put it on social media. And about three months into it, like our fourth trip to the emergency room at primaries, one of the interns that had seen us there a couple times spent some time with us and kind of broke it down. And then he showed us her MRI and was walking us through it, which he wasn't technically even supposed to. We were just asking what was going on. And he's like, well, so this part of the foot, the the, um, navicular bone that has died here, well, he said, like, some medical term. But I was like, wait, what does that mean? He's like, well, it's died. And I'm like, wait, what? So we didn't know that her foot was actually dying inside. Um, That kind of got skipped over. Sorry, Was it skipped over or did they miss it? Mm. I mean, I would think that the doctors would have to tell you that. So this is where I'm like, okay, so how much do I share? But so... um, You share it all, sister. You share it all. Ortho never biopsied her foot until it had completely died on the inside, but had us with infectious disease. And infectious disease is like, our hands are tied. But their hands are tied because they can't, they need a biopsy. But ortho doesn't like to work with kids' feet. So I'm just saying... So I kept putting so it on social media. Okay. So I oh had I had people reaching out to me. We ended up taking her to biologist in St. George who grew exactly what it was. Um, and then a friend here, her brother's a foot doctor and she kept telling him, he's a specialist. And he's like, they're missing something. Like I would love to get, so I kept putting it on social media. That's the point. So he's like, I would just love to see her and see if I can help him get to the bottom of it. And this was actually after we had found out that what indeed was causing her infection was in fact Staph epidermis, which they told us was the boring stuff, so they had her on the wrong antibiotics for oh three months. Oh my gosh! So in that three months, yeah, three months. So her whole—I mean, I'll show you pictures after you'll die. Uh, so for three months, her inside of her foot was dying while she was on the wrong antibiotics the whole time. On just she was on antibiotics that her, um, that was resistant to. So multiple times, he. So twice he gave me pamphlets on amputation, like thinking oh that this is the new doctor, just trying to save it, but it had killed the whole midfoot and then was moving up into the talus. And if you go too much into the weight-bearing part, then you have to amputate up to here. So, but I mean, at that point, she was kind of ready to because she's had over 20 surgeries in the last two years. Oh my gosh. And so the hardest part for her too, so this is where I get into like a hard mom moment. Like obviously like losing my son was like the worst, but as... Um, like as of like lately so my cute Avery who was a dancer her whole life started dancing when she was two you know because I own the studio it's just like what we do and so suddenly she can't dance like and I, we were just thinking we were just gonna have to take her out of like the next couple competitions you know yeah. and then that time kept increasing and increasing and increasing and over that time she kept having surgeries and 
kept having to recover at home alone. And you know, like teenagers, they're kind of like, bless their hearts, they're amazing, but it's like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You know, so then she began to become more lonely and and her friends didn't mean to, but they kind of left and, you know, they move on and then her best friends all try out for cheer and make cheer and she's home having surgeries, like hit or miss at school and continuously gets depressed. And like, she got to a really, really, really dark place through all of that. I mean, cause that's, those are the formative years. Oh, for you sure. Know? Yes. So, and those are the and years that your hormones you are and, going every and direction yeah, and where you're trying to figure oh, out what path thing. you take. And, um, and so then she's got her younger sister that's traveling around the country dancing and she's literally having surgeries and she became very angry and very resentful and there was a time where like she would just lash out at me and like her it's like we talk about it now but like she would freak out and lose it to the point like I swear her eyes would like turn black and like I would just be getting everything like so I was just getting hit with like all of her anger you know my husband would describe it as like a freight train it's like if you don't unload the carts behind it then whoever's in your way gets hit with not only the engine but every cart behind it that you've just been stacking and that was me and um because come to find out you know like obviously she sent it in my direction because she knew i wasn't going anywhere so it's like she's gonna like put all of she's got to send it somewhere so it came to me so we ended up getting her um working with my friend Becky Anderson. Do you know who she is? I don't. You should have her sometime. Okay. So she is um, the organizer of it's a nonprofit. Well, it's just, it's charitable stuff, but it's called Anything for a Friend. Yes, I have so, heard of that organization. Yes, she okay, she is that's amazing. Her. The fight to the finish, like okay, all yep, that. That's yep. her whole group. But she's also um, a counselor. So, and she works with kids. She works with the youth a lot. Um, but she's just an amazing person. And so we ended up having Avery go to like kind of therapy, but like more than anything, just to like help her talk and like get it identify all, get it yeah. and like for yeah. us to understand like where she was coming from and stuff too. And so she would meet with Becky and Becky like worked wonders with her. And then one session, Ryan and I were able to go and sit with her. And it's really interesting to find out too. Um, one of the things that was making her angry is that she felt like I didn't spend enough time with her. And I'm like, Avery, like I am with you like five, three days, three times. I mean, three days a week, like taking you to doctor's appointments. We go to lunch after, but come to find out she, it, that doesn't count. Yeah, like, yeah. I have to take her. I have to, you know, I'm going there anyway. So lunch was just like what we had to eat, you know? So come to find out, like she wanted just to spend time that had nothing to do with her foot, with problems. her foot, like oh with medical, like feeling like it, we had to, you know, I had to be there with her. Like that to me has like stuck with me for all my kids too. So it's like time outside of the things that you automatically have to do as their mom. Yeah. That doesn't count, you know? So even if you're taking them to their sports game or whatever, like, that doesn't count. It's like the extra stuff that you do this. intentionally yes. outside. It's so important. Outside of like the required parent. Yes. Um, responsibilities are where I think the true like bonds are formed. Oh, for I sure. So no, I, I love learned that. a that lot. Is, that is so important because yes, you sometimes busy moms with lots of kids, they have to take that kid to basketball and then he has football and then he yep. has a play and he has this. And we think and that counts. Like, Look at all that stuff I've just done. I'm like, yeah. such an amazing mom. Yep. Wait a minute, but I didn't really have that one-on-one time to be with just them. Yeah. I, I love what you're saying. Even like this is going awesome. hiking. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like making a craft or making cookies yep. or like anything, like yep. any, even sitting down watching a movie, just your time. 
your time that you don't have to be with them, but you're choosing to be with them. I think yeah. it's like something that I really took from that and learned. But so Avery too. So going back to everything that she went through, like as awful as her struggle was, over time we watched her blossom into the most like independent, amazing, creative, helpful. She's now the girl. She I, did I tell you she got student of the month the Fremont like oh. last month. But she can talk to adults like no child I've ever seen her age. She is an empath. Like she just wants like you know she's a little activist kind of just wants like rights for everyone. But she can go places with people that like most kids her age can't. You oh know can gosh. be a friend to all. She's got one of her really good friends. Um, that she just went to Sadie's with. He also lost his brother three years ago in a motorcycle accident. So she's been able to, you know, like sometimes there's just things if you've never been through it, you don't understand. So it's kind of like she's got extra layers of empathy and compassion and she's just so cool too. And she probably wouldn't have had all of this if she didn't go through this horrific trial, which absolutely took too long. Yeah. Uh, So the doctor finally figured out what it was. She did end up having a cadaver bone graft infusion. It's never been done. Like usually if a navicular bone in a foot, um, gets osteomyelitis it's usually a diabetic adult and they just amputate it oh my god so this is like this was basically all experimental and they um her doctor has now written studies and got to speak at some big conference about like osteomyelitis and kind of i feel wow. like might be leading the game in that so so she can walk so, and so, everything yeah, she's got a little bit of a limp still and he may have to i mean she's lost a couple of tendons in her foot like dissolved from the infection she could have easily taken this horrible trial and been like F you. Right. I'm out of here. Jordan. To the family. I mean, she could have gotten, she could have made the, I mean, she could have made wor- such worse, yeah. deci- I mean, poor decisions from this. And like become and, a victim in all yes. of life. Like just yes. blamed it on that. Like, and, oh, I mean, and then me she can be like, oh, my, my yeah. big brother. Oh, and my yes. foot. Oh, poor me. And then look at her. Here's, what an amazing young lady. Here's our family motto. Well, it's not our family motto, but this is one of them. But like my favorite thing is to say is strength is a product of struggle. Oh, for sure. You know, and another thing that I love, too, is there's no way that your branches can reach all the way to heaven if your roots don't go all the way down to hell. So I feel like some of the strongest people that I know are people that have been through really hard things and come out on top, you know. But it takes work. It definitely takes effort. It takes um, constant reminders and awareness. You know, I think people think that happiness just happens, and it doesn't. Like, I think that there are people that are optimists by nature, but also those same people who might seem so bright and sunny on the outsides are some of the ones who struggle the most like internally so or have to do the most work to get to that point you know? which I think you all those things you just said about your daughter is you to a T and I think that's because of what happened with your son see and I think I was like I was a born optimist I mean I've been through some other stuff too in my life too I talked about it on another podcast like when I was in 8th grade I actually was a foster child for a year in eighth grade, because my friends and I were fun, a little rebellious, but like fun. <laughs> and I was the oldest of six kids. And at that time, like my mom was super busy and it was a lot. And she sent me away. So at that age, I feel like I kind of like um, had to figure out how to survive on my own a little bit too. And like how to find happiness. And I don't know if you know anything about Enneagrams. Have you ever taken the Enneagram test? Yes, absolutely. Kay. Yes, our whole family has that. So I'm it. a seven. Yep. Like a seven is seven gets. I have a wing <laughs> of a six because I'm a boss. But um, I'm a seven. And I just was listening to a podcast the other day, too, that talked about why certain Enneagram types are others. I mean, are the way that they are. And for sevens, um, sevens are the enthusiasts. And most oftentimes, it's to avoid pain. 
sitting in pain. So it's really interesting because I always am thinking about, okay, what do I have to do? And, but like, I'm a problem solver. I have ideas like out the walls, like, and I want everyone to be happy. And I feel like that's just like my job is to get everyone to reach their potential. But I do sitting in silence is hard for me, you know, but I've actually been practicing that, especially like the last year too, just like being able just to sit in all of the things, because I think the only way that you get through things is to actually go through them. And how's your relationship with Avery now? Oh my gosh, she's one of my best friends, Aww. honestly. And like, it's great too because she still respects the mom line. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Have you ever seen any of those reels that it's like turning my kids' texts into oh whatever? Oh <laughs> like, they're hilarious. You should see my girls, especially. I'm always like, bruh, queen. Um, like, uh, hey, fella. Like, that's just how they talk to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is ridiculous. But it's kind of funny. But yeah, they have, like, their own language they nowadays. Do. It's, I'm like, it's fella? Okay. At least it has an A on the end. I guess it's feminine. Oh, yeah. Man. But, yeah. So, she's honestly, I can truly say that she's one of my very best friends. Like, both my girls that's, are in different ways. Yeah. So, but she's, yeah, she's awesome. So, I'm that's super, amazing. I'm super grateful for the lessons that it taught both of us and for um, what it taught me, even as a parent, too. It's just kind of sometimes slow down and look around and see maybe who is needing something that I don't recognize. Yeah. You know, so because kids like they can they can shut down easy. Oh, for sure. And we're so busy. Parents are so busy. And then they can stay occupied on their phone and like not talk about it because, yeah, for some reason they just want to internalize things. But yeah, so an open, honest relationship. And guess what? Sometimes it's okay to go to counseling with your kids. Oh, absolutely. If you need to get into their heads, like sometimes it's not us that are able to. Yes, and that helps them sometimes learn to communicate to just talk to our tools. parents. Yes, yep. absolutely. Just the tools that I'm not oh, qualified. Oh my goodness, that's so great to give them. You know, so that's so great. Okay, so back to Sweet Dylan. I have only known you for a couple of years, so I didn't know him when he was. I just knew that he had passed away. Yeah. So he was ten years old, nine, nine years old. Yep. And what happened? He was just not feeling good one day, or <sighs> the craziest part about that too is it's like um, so about two weeks before I had my sixth. I remember standing in front of my fridge like at 11 o'clock at night one night and just being like, because no, I didn't ever have any miscarriages. All my pregnancies were healthy. Like I threw up once in pregnancy, like, and I think I just had food poisoning. But I remember standing in front of my fridge and just thinking to myself, like, how have I had six healthy pregnancies, like no miscarriages? And then thinking to myself, I wonder if there's something wrong with this baby. This Aww. is like right before, two weeks before I had my sixth. And like, I remember that clear as day and a couple years before that too, like my sister and I in conversation, just random conversation, you know how you have like just random conversations and then it comes true later and you're like, whoa. Um, I remember telling my sister, I'm like anything but my kids, like I, I will anything in this life but my kids. And I'm like, but I just have this feeling like if anything were to happen to any of my kids, it's going to be Dylan. But like, and he was fine and healthy and like, I don't know. It was just this weird thing, but I didn't really elaborate much on it, but you know, cause we were just having one of those conversations. It was just a deep combo. But so anyway, I'm thinking something maybe is wrong with my baby and then my baby is born and he's perfect and healthy. And Dylan, I guess I could say that he'd come home a couple times that week complaining about a headache. And one of my dancers at the studio had just lost her mom to breast cancer that had metastasized and um, her symptom towards the end um, when it had moved to her brain which she every time she would cough laugh or sneeze she would get a headache like right here Mm. and so he'd been complaining about a headache kind of like right there but my husband (laughs) this is just a lot so but my husband a couple months before that sitting in church one day um, had a voice say like someone in this room has a brain tumor and they don't know it yet so my husband actually thought he had a brain tumor so my husband went and got an MRI and all the things and that's when I was asking my dancer what her mom's symptoms were and 
So from that, and then based on what Dylan had said about his head, and then he'd come home a couple times and his pants were a little wet. I was like, bud, what happened? He's like, oh, I just slipped and fell, but it was cold and icy, so I thought maybe he just, you know. And he was always my least coordinated child, but not any more than, like, a not super coordinated child. Um, But, yeah, so the first time that I really was like, wait, is the first time that all my kids came to see my sixth in the hospital. Um, Dylan came in, and he looked at the baby, and he was like, he's so cute oh he's so cute like he kept saying that and i was like hey dylan are you okay he goes huh and like one eye kind of trailed behind the other and his eyes just looked different to me and i was like so i told her and i'm like will you take him to an eye doctor like and i'd actually taken him to my pediatrician the year before just to do a blood workup because he was like kind of a bigger kid and stuff too and i just was like i just have had this feeling like but he totally looked normal like beautiful child like everything talk normal everything but it was just mother's instinct you know um so my husband took him to an eye doctor while i was still in the hospital and the eye doctor like dilated his eyes and he said i don't see anything behind his eyes but one eye is a little bit bigger than the other one like if it makes you have any peace of mind i will write him a reference for a cat scan and my husband took him to my pediatrician too and my husband i mean my pediatrician who i've known since kindergarten was like he's got sinusitis like a sinus infection and put him on an antibiotic and I'm like no no there's something with his eyes so then when I told my pediatrician that the optometrist wrote him a referral for a CAT scan he kind of like mocked me a little not mocked me but he was pretty dismissive Mm. and was like okay well let me know what they say so me having a four day old baby had to call around to find like a clinic that could fit him in for a CAT scan and so my husband took him to get a CAT scan and then the radiologist said we can't see everything in a CAT scan but it looks like there's a little bit too much crowding in the neck area. Um, if it will give you peace of mind, I, not peace of mind, but he said, I think that he needs an MRI. So then he sent that to my pediatrician. And then as soon as my pediatrician saw that, like he rushed it. And so let's see. My sixth was six days old when my husband took Dylan for an MRI. And it was close to home. They just did an Emma Katie. But um, they went to Chuckarama after, like with his mom, just met up with some family, went to Chuckarama, and all my kids were gone that day, and I was sitting home nursing my seven, six-day-old baby, and I thought that all of my kids were home because of the noise that was coming up the stairs, and my husband flew the door open, and he yelled, he's got a brain tumor, it's aggressive, we have to, and then Dylan at nine ran over to me, I'm sitting like nursing my brand new baby, and he threw himself on me, and he's like, I don't Oh my and gosh, I was like, okay, Mandy. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, so I went into like rock mode. You know what I mean? I went into like, you know how it's like fight or flight? Like, I was For like, sure. fight. my husband was a disaster because he just talked to the doctor that told him it was an inoperable brainstem tumor. It's very aggressive, and we had to go to primaries the next day. And so, but I, I honestly, up until the point, didn't realize that brain tumors took kids. I just thought we were going to get surgery. Yeah. And, like, do the things and that he was going to be fine. So, I'm like, Dylan, you're not going to die. Like, it's okay. My husband's like a puddle. Like, oh I told you, my husband's my a big guy. So, to see him, like, a total mess. Your husband's in the medical field, too. So, you can talk to him about all this stuff. Like, he'll probably know. Um, so, of course, that night, Dr. Google is your worst enemy. So, we're researching every time a brainstem tumor. And I remember my husband saying, any tumor but this one. And it was called a DIPG. Diffuse Intrinsic Ponting Glioma. And he's like, any tumor about this. So we go to primaries the next day. My mother-in-law sits out in the car with my brand newborn because they can't go into the hospital. 
And then we go in and we go into the room. My mom's sitting out in the waiting area. Still. Well, first we bring them in and they do a couple reflex tests and different things like that. And it's just, it's so surreal. And like, I can think about it and it just doesn't even feel like my life. It just is like, and you just had a baby. Like yeah. it's not just like a normal. I mean, it would be awful no matter what no. stage of life you're. But you have a newborn and your yeah. hormones, and you're trying to nurse this baby. Oh my gosh, Mandy! Oh. You have to see one of my um, teachers at my studio. It's she has a company called Moments of Grace, and they. I told my story, and then they recreated. Uh, I'll show it to you after we're done. But a uh, dance in honor of Dylan. But and mm. I told my story too. So, anyway. Um, where was I? So they do the reflex tests and then they send him out into the lobby with my mom and then they come in and they tell us and it's really interesting. I still like, sometimes I feel like doctors should get courses on how to relay or at least send someone in that hugs you and that like is like (laughs) warm and fuzzy, you know? So, but the doctor came in and told us that he had a DIPG, a diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma and I look over at my husband and he goes, and just lost it and I just went into shock and I just but then all of a sudden like you're sitting there and they tell you that your child has this inoperable brainstem tumor and then they told us he had 12 to 18 months they just start giving you all of these facts that you're like what? So overwhelming. And then they're like, and then he's going to start radiation five days a week for six weeks and it will shrink the tumor and then you'll have a honeymoon period and over that weekend too I forgot to add his one I kind of turned and cross like cross-eyed a little bit too and it looked like he had a stroke almost that weekend and so they're like that will go back to normal and he had just gotten a bike for Christmas that he'd only ridden once because the snow hadn't melted yet and they were like he'll get to ride his bike like all the things and so they told us 12 to 18 months and that there's zero percent chance survival that um this tumor only only which by the way I now personally known probably 30 kids that have passed away from it um this tumor only affects about 350 kids in the united states a year so they've been treating it the same way for 50 years because it doesn't make enough noise oh my gosh so that's not fun to hear you know no. so i'm like okay so someone famous or someone with a lot of money has to you know have someone have one of their kids have it and it's usually ages 10 and under and primarily affects boys but i've known a lot of girls too that have passed away from it um anyway so they give you those cold hard facts zero percent chance survival 12 to 18 months and you're like what like you know and you just want to like shake them and be like do you have kids yeah how's like, this do you have real kids? like yeah. and then they're like yes i do but i know that they have to separate it but still and then they set in a social worker to tell you all the things and it's just like what you know so i don't know that is just like crazy and it's the worst news that you could ever hear in your whole entire life long story short um, he passed away four months later. So he didn't get the honeymoon period. It was just kind of like a constant um, downward. So he just continually just, yeah. But I have to say, too, though, like, um, and I had a blog, actually. I We kept up on a blog while he was sick. It's called um, Dylan. I think it's now Dylan D. Shaw because it was originally Dylan Can Do It. But after he passed away, we just changed it. I think it's still there, actually. Dylan D. Shaw. And that's before kind of like vlogging or like Instagram and everything too so like people kind of kept up on a story there um I have to say like when you're in a situation like that and like the world stops for you like those four months felt like maybe four years Mm. um he was able to do a make wish trip like we went to Florida and stayed at this awesome place called give kids the world like 
it's the place that you don't ever want to go but if you're there you see how much beauty is in the world too you know and that's what i tell people even about like going through something like child loss or like loss in general it's the most wonderful side of the world you hope you never have to discover yeah because the way that people showed up for us like i won't ever ever be able to repay them like all i can do is continue to try and pay it forward you know, and I try and live like a life of abundance in all things, like not just at the, the stuff that I like to do, but like um, tipping and like every like service as much as you can. You know what I mean? You just try and pay it forward and give freely um, because so m- many people like gave freely to us. And uh, it was so hard at first, like when people would show up, I'm like, no, I got this. Like, uh, no, no, I don't want your help. And I remember one time my mother-in-law said to me, she's like, Mandy, I just want you to know, I know that you think you can do it all, but you can't. And also, by um, refusing help from others, you're taking away their blessings. Yeah. You know, so it was hard to let let people start bringing food and, like, come and clean my house. I'm like, that's the last thing I want is someone to, like, come into my mess, you know? But, like, because I just want to have it all together and do all the things. But, honestly, Dylan, like, when he was doing radiation, they thought at first that he they would have to sedate him because, like, kids can't lay there for 45 minutes a day every day. But he did. And he had his mask painted Nacho Libre. And my mother-in-law and father-in-law were retired at the time. So lucky for us, they were able to take him. Like most of the time, because I just had a brand newborn. And my husband, like eventually had to like get back to work and stuff too. So like we went a couple times for radiation, but my mother-in-law and father-in-law were kind of the MVPs there. My sister Chelsea was at my house every day, saving my life and my sanity. Um, But I don't know, like, and the people that knew Dylan too can tell you like that he was our equal like he was an old soul and i mean he wasn't before he was sick if that makes sense but like over time through through the duration like he was like a 30 year old you know and then there were lots of times too where i thought that he was older than me there was um two weeks about two weeks after he was diagnosed he was like um sleeping on our little chaise or Chase, if you live in Utah, we call them Chase lounges. <laughs> it's really a shiz because my husband lived in France, you know. So you know what I'm talking about, though. So he was on our Chase lounge next to our bed, and I can't really see without my contacts or glasses. But I woke up one morning, and he was sitting there looking at me, and he was bawling hysterically. And we never told him what his ultimate diagnosis was. You know, we just told him that we were going to do everything we could, and that we would leave no stone unturned, which we didn't. Like my husband even went to Mexico to get stem cells for him. So, I mean, we we did everything we could, but I woke up one morning to him just crying. And I'm like, Dill, what's the matter, bud? What's the matter? And he's like, I just don't think what I have the doctors can fix. So that was the time that I had him climb into bed with me. And for about 45 minutes, I told him, I'm like, we are going to do everything we can. And if for some reason this takes you to heaven, we talked about heaven for like 45 minutes and like what a beautiful place it was. And... So I, but see, like looking back, looking back now and like looking at all of that, I'm like, I don't, I have no idea how I did that. Cause I, I don't feel like I could do that. Right. You know, but it's like, I, it's like, I, I know that that was me, but I don't know how that was me. Right. You know, but the only thing that I know is that we were surrounded and we were carried cause I never had postpartum, you know, like I just like got up every day and I was just able to do the things, but I just know it's because we were surrounded like by angels here on this earth and then angels in heaven too. You know, and it's really interesting because, like, I think he always knew. We just didn't really talk about it. Um, And, like, the night that he ended up passing away, like, I was sitting on the bed next to him. It was crazy, though, because hospice came that morning that he passed away. Because he was able to, like, keep most of his cognitive function, like, the whole time. It doesn't, it didn't, like, take away, like, 
his actual smarts. Yeah. It just, it's kind of like Lou Gehrig's disease where like your body and your brain just don't communicate, but you know what's going on. But like, cause he had a hard time walking and everything towards the end, but, um, he didn't have to suffer long. And we feel like that was actually a gift in itself. You know what I mean? Because Absolutely. sometimes we keep people around longer, not because we should, but because for we can. Us, yeah, for us. Because we can. better for them. So we got into that place where, when we were at Bear Lake the weekend before, where he, I, we think that he had a stroke. Um, just watching him be miserable in his favorite place on the earth, we were like, we love him enough to like mm. want him to be like free of that, right. you know? So, um, yeah, so the day before is the first day he actually like threw up and like couldn't leave the house and hospice came that morning and said he uh, well first i was like okay so you're so you put a feeding tube in and yada yada they're like no actually like at this point like it will just reject it i'm like wait 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 so they just starve yeah and they're like oh my gosh yeah and they said it could be 48 hours to six weeks oh my gosh and i was like oh okay so that's not awesome you know, and, and that to was put that on a parent, really, oh my yeah, gosh. that was awful. So, but they ended up bringing him bed that night at five, and he passed away that night. And um, but so right as he was passing away, though, I was laying next to him. And this is kind of a lot, I know, so you don't have to use this, but I was laying in the bed next to him, and it was not pretty. You know, I think pneumonia is what ended up taking him, and so that's pretty horrific in its own right. Yeah. Um. But so when he took his last breath, he kind of, his head rolled onto my shoulder and I lost it, like freaked out, lost it, you know, because like, you know, it's coming, but then it comes and then it's like, no, I'm not ready. So then he, about probably a minute later, started breathing again. Like for me. Oh my like, gosh. Cause, and then for about 45 minutes, he still struggled. And then my husband's like, you gotta let him go. You have to get off and give him permission. I mean, and Ryan had already like given him his blessing and stuff, but then... So, finally got off and then went and held my brand new Warren, who I wasn't supposed to have and still to this day don't know how. You know, he's just like my little miracle baby and he wasn't a replacement, but he definitely was a healer. And so I went and held him and then gave him permission. And the only thing that I can say about that night that I, like, I can share is that when he actually passed, like the room stretched. Like we all saw it and we all felt it. When you're sitting clinical. there talking with him, you know, a, a couple weeks before, that's like something that no parent ever even thinks of wanting to do or thinks they need to do and you have to you have to do this yeah oh my gosh mandy well you know just you saying like a couple weeks before actually reversed me into something awesome that did like there were so many great like not great so many miracles little, that yeah, happened yeah, little tender mercies yes so when dylan was sick um a couple weeks well i would say maybe like a month into it we had a cute little family like that we'd known our whole lives bring him a giving tree that had like gift cards and money like tied to it so when he would go um to radiation he would get to go through his gift cards and like kind of see like where he'd want to go eat after because like that oh, it kind of makes you like sick and you don't feel great so it's like jamba juice or so when dylan was sick this is about three months uh, sorry three weeks before he passed away we had met this cute little tyler smith who has since passed away too um at an event and then anything for a friend of it and Dylan and Chelsea and I all decided that we wanted to take him a giving tree. So we did a little bake sale that day, like at our house, like made scotcheroos and muddy buddies, which were Dylan's favorite. Scotcheroos, muddy buddies, all of these yummy treats and like sat outside of our house and sold those and then went down to the studio and was selling them too to make money for like, cause Dylan wanted to earn it. Yeah. To make money for Tyler's tree. And then at that same time too, my sister Lindsay 
was pregnant with her fifth child and two months early she tripped on the stairs and um she had placenta previa and then went into premature labor so she had to get life flighted this is three weeks before dylan passes away oh my gosh. she gets life flighted and then has her baby two months early so he's in the NICU like it was just like a lot of things and once then my sister-in-law right after dylan passed away her brother was killed in a plane crash like a week after dylan like it was just my gosh, that, you know family. how it's like pfft, that was just a really really crappy time um but so anyway back to the giving tree so we took tyler smith at giving tree when he was sick so three months sorry three weeks before dylan passed away we took tyler smith the giving tree and he was 15 year old that had liver cancer and he passed away i I can't remember exactly how long after dylan but they took that giving tree and started doing giving trees everywhere and um it just kind of turned into a movement and we still do them to this day like when people are going through a lot of times it's like cancer or loss um now we do live trees that they can plant in their yard and then we fill them up with gift cards and money and stuff too but they actually um after a couple of the boys had passed away um of the original five we call them Dawson got to represent Dylan and they went and they met with Jeffrey R. Holland and they did like a whole like Mormon message on like the giving tree and stuff too. So, but, um, I don't know. It's just been awesome how that still lives, you know, like the giving tree is still so much part of Dylan's story. And I think where Dylan kind of took possession is when it started going through the youth, like pediatric youth, you know, most of them with cancer and stuff too. So, well, how can we help with, how can we be part of the giving tree? Well, anyone can do a giving tree. That's the best part. So it's not an organization. We could just do it on our own. No. So it's through anything for a friend. Okay. So So they will match up to $500. So usually like they'll provide the tree and then up to $500 they will match. But like I've had trees that have had like $7,500 on them that we've done for people like like one mom who has since passed away but when she had cancer our goal was to get the family to hawaii because we're like we want because they don't do make-a-wish trips for adults usually yeah you know so we wanted to be able to create that memory so there's there's usually like um a tree organizer who is the one who kind of gathers like the donations from the community or people that they work with you know what i mean like they can make the contacts and stuff too but then anything for a friend will usually um provide the treat and then and then match up to $500 and we haven't been able to hold the fight to the finish 5k for the last couple of years yeah. because of COVID but that was where we generated a lot of the income and that's the coolest race ever too we do it at Weber State and it, like every team is representing either someone who has lost their battle or is still fighting one and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in the world like every team has its own colors and it's just a 5k but that's where we typically raise like the funds for that but we haven't been able to do that for the last couple of years but really anyone can do a giving tree okay you know and then you like the my favorite part about it too is like all over the tree there's just like messages of hope you know? I love yeah, I love that for my family to do. Yeah. But I love I mean I'm gonna talk to Ethan and Rachel after yes. I'm like, we wanna Thirst yes. wants to be yes. a part of this. That's yes. so great. Yes. And I know I they mean, do so much for their community, but this is just another little yeah. great gem. This is it's a personal thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like maybe I mean chances are someone that you know knows someone that's fighting a battle. Yeah. You know, that's fighting something hard. And so it makes it more personal. Yeah. Like I guarantee you there's an employee here that has a family member that's going through cancer or going through loss right. or going through something hard you know so but typically that's health conditions are what we focus on um but yeah so going back to my cute dylan so before he passed away i always had this like irrational fear of dying 
Like, just the unknown always scared me. And um, you definitely, when you get put in that situation, you find out really fast what you believe. Like, if you believe all of the things that you've always said you believe, like, in life after death, you know, and, like, if we get to be together forever, like, you figure that out pretty fast where your beliefs lie. But I know that he, his responsibility was to get over to the other side to be able to help us better from there. Mm. And so I find myself often, like, when we're in a situation, not necessarily, like, saying, Heavenly Father, help me, but Dylan, watch over us, you know? Like, and I know, I've had so many experiences where I know that he was the one who was helping us out and who was watching over us. And so, I don't know. Long story short, I'm not afraid to go anymore. I mean, I don't want to before, because I don't want to leave the people here, like, missing me, but, like... But it's a blessing to have that... Peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about, for sure. Now, now we just call it transitioning, you yeah. know, or like an angel anniversary instead of like the day that they died or whatever. Yes. It's an angel anniversary and it's a celebration of life. I had my cute friend. Um, have you ever seen like Twisted Silver? Like I oh, yeah. do a lot of stuff with mm-hmm. them. So the owner of that company, Deb Mitchell, is like she's one of those like angels on earth. And we were having a conversation just kind of about like loss and stuff. And um, it was really beautiful how she put it to me. She's like. Mandy, I want you to stop being associated with the trauma of it. And I want you to start sharing the memory of him. And start sharing all of the the things that, yeah, sure, that you miss about him. Let people get to know him. And, I mean, you can't go back and you can't change that it happened, but you can help them to live on. You know, and just, like, recognizing, I don't know, all of the beauty, even in tra- the transition. Oh, for sure. You I know? love that. So, I don't know. I love that. Anyway. My, my brother passed away, too, and we always say, like, he moved to heaven. Yep. Like he, he's that he moved there. It's like a heavenly, yeah, his heavenly birthday yep. or his, yeah, his, the day, his yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah graduation you. day. Yep. You know, I actually just had another <laughs> thought come to me and I know I'm sharing a lot, but so talking about how like only like people oftentimes that have been through something can go there with other people. So actually a week after Dylan passed away, um, another teacher at my studio, her name is Miss Jerrianne. She's just the cutest, like funniest lady that just wants to teach dance for the rest of her life. But um, her son and her 22 year old son and her 16 year old daughter went fishing together and they both were lifeguards, but her 16 year old fell into the river. This is a week after Dylan passed away. Her 16 year old fell in the river and her son jumped in after her to save her and she ended up making it and he ended up passing away. Mm. So this is just a week after my son had passed away. And I called her, like, the day after I found out, and, like, she couldn't talk, and I could just hear her in the background just wailing. And um, so I talked to her husband, and I'm like, do I need to come over? Like, and I just, we just buried Dylan, you know? And I'm like, do I need to come over there? And he's like, probably. And so I remember, I hopped in my car, and, like, driving to her house, like, I felt this, like, overwhelming surge of strength that I have no idea still where it came from. And even when Dylan was sick, I knew... I was going through it to help other people through it. Like I knew that, that because I was like, why? Like what the heck? But I had just this prompting or this feeling or a voice say, you're going through this to help other people. Yeah. And so I'm driving to her house and I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, what am I thinking? Like I'm so vulnerable right now, but like the door opened, her relief study president was in there. And like, all I heard was literally like the morning, you know, the yeah, more, yeah. there's no other way to describe it. Just yep. like that wailing and like, so the relief study president was there and I'm like can I just go up there because she was in her room I remember walking up there and like she has a grand house like walking up these flights of stairs opening like I don't know it felt like five doors into her grand room 
Um, and she's just laying, she's just there in her bed and her head just bobbing side to side. And all she's saying is that she wants to die. Whoa. And her 16 year old's downstairs, you know, just feeling so guilty. And she's like, oh, I want to die, Greg. Like he'd just gotten home from a mission like six months earlier. Like amazingly talented artist going to school, like his whole life ahead of him. And so her head is just like flailing back and forth. And she's like, Greg, Greg, Greg. And I climb in the bed with her. And I'm just like, okay, I, this is what I got to do. And I climb in the bed with her. And still to this day, we talk about it. But she's just like, I want to die. You don't. And I grabbed her face. And I'm like, Jerry Ann, Jerry Ann, look at me. And she's like, you don't. And then she's like, you, you do. And so then she just like buried her head into me. And for the next three hours, like my mission was to get her out of her bed. And I got her out of her bed and got her downstairs. Oh, wow. And made her eat and had her drink and it'd been three days since she ate anything and got her to laugh and like so like in that moment like that's when it was like okay i probably just saved someone else from what i went through you know what i mean so it's like there are like purposes behind our pain a lot that we don't understand For you know sure. so yeah, you're like an advocate now yeah still to this day and she's like supporter. you saved me and it's like yeah. I, don't, I don't i didn't save her like dylan for sure did because it wasn't me that oh. had that strength because there's no way like you can't just go climb in someone's bed <laughs> you know but then i was able to even be there at his funeral and stuff too oh. and put one of dylan's bracelets on his wrist and, and his cat, yeah i don't know but see now i look at that i'm like could i do that right now i don't oh i don't know if i could but like i did I know when you're in that moment, sometimes you like, if you think about it, there's so many things you're like, I, I could never do that. I yeah. could never say that. Yeah. And, but when we're in that moment with that help, that strength. And the craziest thing too, is like looking back, I know I was the best version of myself there. You know what I mean? And I've learned so much even through there. Like I'm a more evolved version of myself, but I know that I was like my truest, most, um, like heavenly self there. You know what yes, I mean? Like, I sure. think I was like my healthiest level 10, Enneagram level there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's my healthiest seven in that moment. In well, those thank moments you there, but for sure. I mean, that's that a lot. I know you're going to edit. Well, it was like, a lot, but it was, that. it's so personal and so powerful. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I know there's other moms and dads out there that are struggling or have struggled or will struggle with things that are just like that. So, yeah. And I mean, and you can compare, there's so many different kinds of grief. It's not just like in loss, there's grief in marriage, there's grief in even friendship, there's grief in like, I don't know, uh, financial, you know what I mean? There's all, loss is hard no matter what it looks like. And I don't know, people have asked me too, like, do you think it's harder knowing someone's gonna pass away or an accident? And I think they're both terrible. <laughs> right. You know, I don't think there's a good way to lose a part, like lose someone you love. But I think that being surrounded by others, um, who carry you is such a blessing and such a gift. And then once you go through that, I kind of feel like it's almost like your responsibility to do that for others. So I know that's heavy stuff because you know what? Honestly, like after Dylan passed away, I remember just thinking to myself, like people were giving me grief books and I was like, I don't like that word. I don't want to have grief. I don't like want to grieve. I want to like know how to be happy again. Yeah. So that was my mission. I went on a mission on how to find happiness after and like started off with a book called the happiness project like a month after he passed away i was in target and it was like a light shone down oh my on this gosh. book and i grabbed it and it's by gretchen rubin have you ever yeah, read I it have yeah heard of it. Yep. yeah so but um i went on a mission to regain my happiness because there's a lot of people that were dependent on me and you know i think that you in order to take care of others then you 
you have to take care of yourself first before you're able to efficiently take care of the people around you. So, for sure. But yeah, it's definitely work. But I do believe, I think that joy can be a constant, like even in your hardest times, because like I still found so much gratitude and joy and abundance and all my blessings still, even when Dylan was like, when we knew we were going to lose him. So I think that joy is something that can be a constant, but I think that happiness can ebb and flow. Yeah. Sometimes based on choices, sometimes based on circumstances, sometimes based, you know what I mean? On inactivity. But I think happiness is something that is work, but I think joy can be constant. If that makes sense. No, I do. I, it does. And it's, so I totally love that. happiness is a choice. So if anyone <laughs> wants to fight me on that, they can, because I absolutely <laughs> believe that happiness is a choice. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you again so much for coming yeah, and sharing your story. I mean, it's I so... I just want to hang out outside of this, too. <laughs> it's really fun. I just love you. Well, you're so uplifting and you like, it's, it's been awesome. What a great experience. So thank you. You are thank amazing. You. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> Let's see the scotch now, because I need to eat my feelings. <laughs>